God is good, brothers and sisters. You may be seated as we prepare our hearts for the preaching of the Word, God's Word. Don't you love the Word of the Lord? The beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. Hallelujah. We are in Genesis chapter 45. We are coming to the end of our mini-series on modern-day Joseph's. I have a very, very important message today that I can honestly say, you can't say this for every message, that every single person here in this room can receive. And I'll tell you why. Because everyone has grappled with the question, what is the will of God for my life? I've been in ministry for a long time, and I can tell you a lot of people, of all the questions that people have asked me, this, this, this was probably the most, the most asked, frequent. I'm not sure what God wants me to do. I'm not sure what His will is for my life. Let, let me ask you, you don't have to raise your hand, a rhetorical question. Have you ever grappled with what is God's will for my life? We're going to read Genesis chapter 45. We'll begin verse number 16 to 21, and then verses 25 to 28, please. I want to welcome all of you on Facebook and YouTube. Thank you so much for joining with us. And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come. And it pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say unto your brethren, This do ye, laid your beasts, and go get you unto the land of Canaan. And take your father and your household, and come unto me, and I will give you the good of the land of Egypt, and ye shall eat the fat of the land. Now thou art commanded, This do ye, take your wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives and bring your father and come. Also regard not your stuff for the good of all the land of Egypt is yours. And the children of Israel did so. And Joseph gave them wagons according to the command of Pharaoh and gave them provision for the way. Let's look now at verse 25 to 28, please. 25 to 28, and they went up out of Egypt and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father and told them, saying, Joseph is yet alive, and he and his governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. And Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive, and I will go and see him before I die. The whole story in the life of Joseph and Jacob is absolutely amazing. Some of the most incredible stories and life lessons we see right here 
in this text and through the life of Joseph. I've entitled this message, Is It God's Will? Is this God's will for me? How do I know I'm doing God's will? How do I know that God is speaking to me? After all, the Bible tells us there are many voices in the land. It's easy for me to get confused. It's easy for me to think it's God's voice. It's easy for me to not understand what God is doing. These are questions and these are emotions that all of us at one point or another have gone through, especially if you are a believer who really is hungering after God. All of us have grappled with what is God's will for us. And today, by the grace of God, I've been able to bring a blueprint, if you will. Through the scriptures, I see something that we can determine whether it's God's will or not. And it is not easy to assess God's will at times. Sometimes God reveals himself and his will progressively. There are many times that God will speak and lead you, but you won't have the full picture right away, and we can, we can uh, get confused because of that. There's so many reasons why we can struggle in knowing what God's will is for us. And so, last time as we begin this morning, last time we met, we witnessed an incredible story where Joseph, after 23 years, finally reveals himself to his brothers, he finally lets them know that I am Joseph. Can you imagine how his brothers felt? They thought Joseph was dead. Can you imagine? Imagine selling your brother and you find out years later that he's the prime minister of Egypt. The second most powerful man on the face of the earth. Can you imagine how you would have? All those trials that Joseph went through prepared him for this moment. This great moment of reconciliation. This great moment of reunion with his brothers. Joseph is the key. The key to so many things. Joseph's rec reconciliation was imperative and so significant because if Joseph did not reconcile with his brothers, Israel would have never become a nation. The will of God would have never been established. It was God's will from the beginning that Israel would be born but it took years and years before Israel became a nation finally it came and Joseph while he was going through the pits and the prisons and all his trials and all his pain he never fully understood why he was going through those things and we made a point the other week that when you truly love God and you truly trust God you don't always have to ask why he didn't fully grasp it. God revealed it to him step by step. God's will is not always revealed overnight. Sometimes it can be, but most of the times it isn't. And so I need to ask a question this morning. Can I know the will of God for my life? Can I know, watch this now, the specific will of God for my life? I'm not talking about general will. We all know the general will for us. But can I know specifically what God wants me to do in my life? 
And the answer is emphatically, my brothers and my sister, yes. You can know specifically what God wants you to do. And I'm going to show you through the scriptures why, why I believe that and why I know that God wants to reveal himself and speak to you personally as a child of God. But there are certain steps that we want to look into. What I want to do to set the tone this morning is I want to share a few scriptures with you so we understand that it is God's will to speak and to guide and to give you specific directions. Amos chapter 3 verse 7. I'm going to share four scriptures by way of introduction just so we can set the tone this morning. Surely, notice the word surely. Remember now, you know me by now, I like to look at every word. Surely speaks of something that has no doubt. There's no doubt about it. There's no hesitation, there's no obstacle, there's no doubt. The Lord God will, not perhaps, will do nothing, but he reveals his secret. This can also be interpreted will, unto his servants, the prophets. So God wants to reveal his will and his secret, or his mysteries, or the future his program for you and for his people but for you personally he wants to speak to let's continue not only Amos 3 7 what about Jeremiah 33 3 Jeremiah 33 3 tells us this it says to call upon me the word call here is in the present participle it means to keep on calling and that's where some of us miss it we think if we call once we're okay no no, no. keep on calling call unto me notice I will answer. There's no doubt again. There's no, there's no hesitancy. I will answer thee and not only will I answer you, but I will show you great things and mighty things which thou knowest not. This is personal. This is to you personally. I will not only answer you, but I'm going to show you things in my will. I'm going to direct you and I'm going to give you revelation and I'm going to speak to you and give you guidance. This is personal. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 Jeremiah 29 verse 11 for I know the thoughts I think towards you says the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end then shall ye watch this now then, so because God wants to give you a destiny and a hope because of that God is setting the precedent before we get to 12, 11 is very important. It's like the introduction. Look, I know the thoughts. To give you expected end. Okay, wonderful. That's great. Verse 12. Now, if you call upon me, then call, ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will. So I need to, so stay right there. We're going to get to verse 13 in a moment. So here's my blessing. Here's my will for you. But if you call upon me, if you pray, I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to take you even further. Watch this. Verse number 13. Verse 13. And ye shall seek me. There it is. There's the key word. Not just to seek. That's what we did the last few days. It's to pour out your soul. It's to be persevering. It's, too many people give up easily. Too easily. If you seek me and watch that now. And find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. So you will know exactly 
what to do my response if you search notice there's two S's to seek and to search we have a hard time with that we want to claim this promise oh yeah God's going to show me but we leave out the seeking and the searching there's something you and I need to do God's will's there but you need to seek and you need to search now when you look at the word seek and to search the word to seek has an implication of, of a hound dog or hunting dogs seeking their prey. Has anybody ever seen hunting dogs or maybe you've watched documentaries or you know a hunting dog that's after a rabbit or a fox? They, are, they don't stop until they catch their prey. Do you understand me? That's what it means to seek. You don't stop until you catch your... The word search has the same implication. It's, it's, it's an idea of an explorer. Now, now watch this, now watch Here's the case. You ever see tourists? You walk into a city or a new place. Oh, that's nice. Did you see that? Yeah. They, they like to look at things. They're, they're tourists, of course. There's a difference between a tourist and an explorer. An archaeologist. If they find something, they're going to dig and they're going to examine and they're going to take time they're exploring they're searching things out there are too many Christians that are tourists when it comes to the word of God Ephesians 5, 17 and 18 watch this, this is one of my favorite scriptures watch this now Wherefore, watch this, be not unwise. So Paul sets a precedent. Don't be ignorant, brothers and sisters. He's talking to the church. But understand what the will of the Lord is. So don't be foolish. You can know. Don't be ignorant. You can know. And he gives a description. Wherefore, do not be unwise. But understand what the will of the Lord is. Verse 18. Do not be drunk with wine. Where is the nexus? But be filled with the Spirit of God. In this context, God's will that you be filled with the Spirit of God. The point I'm making is we can understand the will of God as we seek, as we search. God can give us revelation. John chapter 10 tells us and John 14, 27 tells us that my sheep hear my voice. It's emphatic. If you're a sheep, if you're a child of God, the Bible says you can hear his voice. And if you can hear his voice, you have his direction. What did shepherds do? They would direct their lambs and their sheep. They would call them and they would come. Because they heard his voice. They would be directed and the sheep would know exactly what to do as they heard the voice of the shepherd. That means I can be led by God, I can hear his voice, and I can know what he wants me to do. This is very important because a lot of people struggle with the will of God because they're not truly searching and seeking him out. They want a patent answer, fast and quick, or they might want to go and get a prophetic word from somebody. Because that's a lot easier. Oh, I'm going to address that in a few moments, so you better hold on to your hats. 
because we're going to go into fifth gear real quick. And so where is the blueprint? It's in Genesis 15, 13 to 16. Long before Joseph was born, God came to Joseph's great-grandfather Abraham. That a nation will be born from his loins. His seed will be as vast as the stars above. He told him everything that would take place. He gave him a plan. And then God said to Abraham that his grandchildren will be transported out of the land of Canaan into a foreign land. And that's exactly what happened. God spoke to Abraham years before Joseph was born. 400 years they stood plus in Egypt in bondage as slaves. But then later, God spoke to Abraham, told him that they would come out of the land into the land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land. You see, my friends, Joseph was the key to all this. And now the time had come. Years. And that's where people miss it. I've said this before. People miss it because they're not patient enough. God's will was established, but it took 400 plus years. That's a long time. But it needed to happen because, as we have said, and I'm going to say it again, God's a God of the process. We are people of the product. We don't want process. We want the answer now. We want the product now. We want, we want it now, now, now. And God says, you can't have it now because you need to go through a process. Because if I give it to you now, you won't know how to deal with it. You ever see athletes that come off skid row or come off a poverty and all of a sudden they're playing basketball or football or whatever sport they're involved and they become rich overnight from rags to riches. Do you know what happens to these athletes? Nine times out of ten, they lose their mind. They don't know how to handle it. There's a spiritual principle there too. Process! And so watch this now. I have a word for the modern day Joseph this morning. Just as God had a plan for Joseph, God has a plan for you. God has a plan specifically that's not generic for you. All of us. Listen. Just look at the body of Christ. We're not all heads. We're not all arms. We're not all eyes. God has arranged it that way. Because he's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. He has a destiny for you. And if you seek him and search him with all your heart, you will know exactly what he wants you to do. Life lesson. The truth is this. A man of God in the will of God is immortal till that plan is accomplished. I know that may not sit right with some of you, but doesn't the Bible say, he that's begun a good work and you shall complete it? Listen friends, God's plans and will will come to pass. And if he's using you and calling you for that, you are immortal until it comes to pass. Because God is in control. And so this morning we're going to share some principles, a blueprint. 
on how we can determine God's will for our lives. How we can discover the will of God. Not generically necessarily. There, are, there is the will of God that's generic for all of us. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking something more specific today. Something a lot deeper that all of us grapple with. That I struggle with when people give prophecies. Because most prophecies are too general and really are not specific. And I question. God's will is not generic. For you, there is a generic element. But God has called you specifically to something, my friend. It's important for us to understand this. And so we want to begin, I'm going to be sharing some principles, not that begin, but that end, with T-I-O-N. And the first step in knowing God's will is the information step, or the information stage. What do I mean by the information? We're going to use Joseph's life as an example his story as an example, as an illustration for us. Information. Now if God is going to bring Joseph's family into Egypt, I've got to ask you friends, how is the family going to find out about Joseph and to come to Egypt? Information. What did Joseph tell his brothers when he revealed himself? What did he tell his brothers? I just preached it last week. When Joseph said, I am your brother, Joseph said, "Um, is my father alive? What did he say for him to do? Go tell my daddy I'm alive. Give him the information. What did Jesus say to us, the church? Remember his brothers now have become a type of the church. Jesus tells us, the church, go into all the world and preach the word of God. Go tell the world that I'm alive. We shared some parallels. And if you haven't heard this sermon, you can listen to it. Tell him I'm alive. Tell my father I'm alive. Give him this word, this information. He doesn't know it. Tell him I'm alive. He's got to know. He thinks I'm dead. Notice verse 45 now. Chapter 45. Notice verses 19 to 13. Tell him that God has exalted me. That he has put me on a certain place. That he's promoted me. That's why the Bible says in Psalms, Let the redeemed say, say say so, speak out his word. What does the Bible say in Romans 10? It says, how can they hear without? How can they hear without what? And what are they preaching? God's word. I have people telling me, Well, Pastor, we don't have to preach too much. Just live the life. Wrong. You have to live the life and preach the word. And so we want to maybe justify not preaching the word or not speaking because we're too fearful to tell people. No, most of us, many of us, we're fearful. We we have a hard time witnessing. What are people going to say? What if I'm rejected? So we don't want to. So we might justify that by saying, well, I just have to live right true you have to live right but how can they know without a preacher you might be that preacher you might be that Joseph that tells somebody 
the word of God must be preached the word of God there's information in the word of God that's so important you see friends God has given us this information system called the Bible and the information that we need for our lives is the infallible word of God today we are straying away from the word of God today we are hearing messages behind the pulpits of America where all we hear are stories we don't hear the word of God today in America the Bible's thrown out the Bible's not used anymore they'll tell you it's not in vogue and they have their own gospel and if they do preach from the Bible they'll only preach what they want and they disregard other scriptures and they'll use the Bible is not preached like it used to there's a famine in the land of the word of God even though we have the word of God the preaching of the word the unadulterated word of God has been compromised today my friends listen to me his word is God's revelation to us it's in this book right here this is where we start first all the answers we need all the answers starts right here right here that's why Jesus said search the scriptures it speaks of me search the scriptures speaks of eternal life search them let the word of God dwell in you richly richly be rich in the word of God because in the word of God you have the answers in the word of God you have the answers not prophecies I believe in prophecies I prophesy you pro- I believe in them Bible says do not despise prophecies the problem today we've had a shift going on and there's a shifting what is the shifting we go more towards prophecy than we do the word of God when I go to YouTube and even on television I, I was watching a program years ago send fifty dollars and I will give you a prophecy I'm telling you the truth on YouTube sometimes if you go you see these prophetic ministries uh, some of them that are well known prophesied that Trump would be reelected of course he wasn't and you find these self-promote prophecy prophets come back on YouTube and apologize that they made a mistake <laughs> do you know how many have made that mistake because all these prophecies and these prophets most of them all agreed that Trump was going to be reelected and it goes on and on and on and now there's churches that focus strictly on prophecy and I'm going to name it Bethel Church in California be careful they have a certain department of prophecy and so you want a prophetic word All right, you come into this room and you'll notice certain cards have different colors and there's a green, red, yellow, blue and if you go up you want a prophetic word you you say okay they go to you pick up and he picks up this yellow card oh the yellow card happens to speak about happiness or marriage the blue card speaks about um, your work and your future the red card speaks about the danger perhaps that are coming to you and the list goes on and, and, and they prophesy according to the cards that you pick I, I, I look at that as Christian tarot cards don't you? 
psychics. What's going on here? I'm giving you facts, folks. This is what's happening today. This is one of the most popular churches in the world. Christian psychics and Christian tarot cards. I wish I had more time to talk about this. False prophecies everywhere. False cults. Prophets are rising. Jesus said in the last days, be careful because there's going to be false cults, false prophecies, false messiahs. And you know why people fall for them? Because they don't know the word of God. And so let me take an easy way out. You know, let me go get a word from somebody. Please, I'm not against prophecies. I have prophesied myself. I'm against people looking to prophecies first and disregarding the word of God. That's what I'm against. And so, my brothers and sisters, out of this book, we can find God's purpose and plan. If you seek me, you will find me. You will know what I have. The problem, as I mentioned, we don't spend enough time in the Word of God. I've got to ask you a rhetorical question. How much time do you spend in the Word of God? You're grappling with the will of God, but you're not seeking, and you're not reading, and you're not studying. I don't and you're expecting some answer to, listen friends, you must first look and what the word of God is saying about, about your life and as you're reading his word, many times God will give you a rima word, many times God will speak to you through his, through his word this happened to me I'll be giving a lot of illustrations because some of these points need to be illustrated and I remember when I was in Los Angeles and I first got saved, I didn't know what to do either because I was there in the entertainment business I wasn't sure what was happening I got saved I wasn't sure what I was supposed to do I felt this desire to, to preach the word but I had also opportunities as you know I've shared this before many times you know, to go into to do some films and commercials and, and I had this war going on and I was grappling with God's will in my life and I remember distinctly I was in the porch in Los Angeles about maybe 11.30, it was hot, I was in John 16, I was in Acts 8, I can tell you the scriptures even now, Mark 16, and I was like, God, I don't know what to do, and I, and I felt the Lord speaking to me as I read Mark 16, going to all the world, as I read John 16, about the comforter, and as I read Acts 8, when Philip baptized the eunuch, and, and, and it came to me, and it, I just sensed as I was reading his word, that God was calling me to preach, I didn't know what preaching was. I just got saved. I wasn't raised in the church. And the Lord spoke to me. I heard his voice. Go now and I'm going to show you what I'm calling you to do. And he sent me on the streets of Western and Wilshire. And I preached the gospel there. And somebody got saved. And when that person got saved, he went on his knees and gave his life to Christ. The Lord spoke. This is what I'm calling you to do. It all started through the word of God an insatiable desire to read his word and God began to show me things God will use stories from the Bible to reveal his will for you God will show a scripture he might bring a scripture you're grappling with something and a scripture will come to light it's called a rima word a revma in the Greek a revelation the word to go some prophet to find out 
And so, we need to collect all the information the scripture is giving to us. And in the process, God will show us and reveal to us. Psalm 32, I will instruct thee and I will guide thee. I will with my eye. 1 Samuel 3, Samuel wasn't sure. He says, God, God speak for thy servant heareth. You speak, Lord. You speak, Lord. You can give me a word. Psalm 119 tells us, Thy word is a what? A lamp unto my feet and a light. What does a lamp do? A lamp illuminates when you're in a dark room. A light into my path shows me where I need to go. When you're in darkness, you need, you need, you need to be able to see. The word of God helps you to see to give you understanding of your raison d'etre your purpose your destiny again let me ask you how much time are you spending in the word of God trying to find an answer from somebody I get calls I'll be honest with you especially well years ago I'm not going to say so much here at Logos but I've had a few you know, they'll, they'll look to me to give them an answer. I understand counseling, that's fine. We do that. Uh, encouragement, absolutely. That's what we do. But for a revelatory God's word, I can do that too by God's grace. I, I can have a prophetic word. But you don't look to the pastor for a prophetic word. Do you see what I'm saying? But that seems to be the norm today. Well, God, you see the pastor, he's going to... Pastor can give you the wrong word, my friend. The pastor can give you a word that's not even of God. Don't look to the pastor. You look to God and His word. It's the first step, the most important step. Then number two, the second step is the confirmation. We have a confirmation going on. Now remember, I'm going to use the story of Joseph to give you to, to bring all this out. Here is where his will is confirmed by people or individual. This is different than a prophecy. This is a confirmation. So if you believe God is speaking to you and giving you direction, it's going to be confirmed by someone. This is a hundred percent clear. And I'm going to show you how we know this. Notice verse 16. When Pharaoh heard that Joseph's brother were coming in, the Bible says it pleased him. This was a confirmation for Joseph. It pleased him. And the fame thereof was heard, Pharaoh's house, saying Joseph's brothers are come. It pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. Joseph got a confirmation from Pharaoh. Now you might say, well, Pharaoh isn't a, isn't a man of God. Uh, do you know how many times God has used uh, things, people, donkeys to confirm his word? Yeah, Pharaoh comes and he confirms it. It pleased him. You know, friends, I've discovered over the years when God has spoken to me, it has always, it has always, I repeat, it has always been conserved by either one, two, or three people. Every single when I when I went when I when I married my wife it was confirmed. When I went to Brantford, 
with a salary they offered me for $200 a week with three children. It was confirmed. By a policeman that I got a ticket. <laughs> but they did. Do you remember Highway 53? Before they made the 403? Do you remember that? I'm talking to you. Highway 53. Do you remember the Highway 53? I used to go to the church in Bradford from Highway 53. And I went. They asked me to Pastor Bradford. And I went for the Bible study. The first, just the first time I went to preach in, uh, uh, under the potential of being a pastor there. And there was eight people at the Bible study. No problem if there's eight people. But they looked at me like I was some alien from Mars. <laughs> they but welcomed me like I was some kind. You know, I was, what am I doing here? You know, am I coming to this place? You know, and I was really discouraged. And so... Uh, I'm grappling with God's will in my life. I said, is this really where you're leading me, Lord? I come from a, a vibrant church. We had renewal take place at Howard Park. A powerful move of God. And now I'm going to Brantford, and it seemed like the very antithesis. To, they were going through some hard times in the church at that time. And I wasn't sure what to do. And so I'm on Highway 53 coming home after this Bible study that I felt people didn't, weren't even listening to me. And, I'm, and I didn't realize I was speeding. Because I was just, you know, I'm just laughing, I was kind of crying. What am I doing, Lord? You know, and I'm speeding. Police comes up. I said, oh, no. To add insult to injury. Says, uh, license and registration, please. I said, oh. I said, okay, I'll get to my registration. Oh, no. To make it even worse, I forgot my registration in my other Nissan. I had a car at Nissan. I forgot my registration. I left it in the other car. So now I'm really in trouble. I'm already depressed about what just happened. I'm speeding. I'm getting at a ticket. And I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen to me now? So he says, you don't have your registration? I said, no, Pastor. I said, officer, I left my... I gave him... He, I said, he thinks I'm probably making some stories up, which was true. I, I left my registration in the Nissan. So he says, all right, uh, one moment, please. You know, he was pretty stern. So, you know, there I am now. I said, God, this can't be your will. How possibly can I be? Eight people looked at me like I was some, some mummy from an Egyptian tomb. You know, you know uh, 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 there's hardly any life there. I, I can't for, what, what, what's going on here? You send me from, from a revival into a, I, I just, and then, and then this policeman, I don't have my registration. I'm going to be thrown in jail. Who knows what's next? I'm just, I'm weeping. He comes up to me. Mr. Andratus? I said, yes. I said, oh, I figured that's so going to throw the book at me right now. He says, um, yeah, you were speeding, and yes, you don't have your register, and yes, and you could, and I could do this, but here's a citation of just a, I forget what it was, either it was just a, a, a warning. You go and you have a nice evening. And he kind of looked at me and gave me kind of a God bless, you know, and I, I, could, I was in shock. I said, what, what just happened? And I'm driving back home, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, Dino, you assessed where you're going by what you saw, that this must not be God's will. Never judge my will by what you see.
policeman didn't realize it, but he confirmed what God. And then when I came home, my wife confirmed it, despite the circumstances. When you're in God's will, it will always be confirmed by at least two people. It'll be confirmed. God will bring that confirmation in in a way that might not seem to make sense, but that's how God operates. Now I want you to see in our story, as God is confirming His will, He also provides. Here's another way. Where Where there's vision, there's provision, and where He leads, He feeds. And if He brings you to it, He'll bring you through it. So, we have the information stage, His Word. God will speak through His Word. And as you are obeying that, it will be confirmed by two or three. The confirmation isn't always by people you might expect. But as it's being confirmed, watch this now. If God's leading you to a place, there'll be provision. Provision will be made. Where there's vision, there's provision. Do you remember when God, when God delivered Israel from the Egyptians? A phenomenal thing took place. The enemies of Israel. Yeah, you know, let's turn to it. Exodus chapter 12, verse 35 and 36. Look what happened. Here are the Hebrews. The Hebrews, despised by the Egyptians. Pharaoh can't stand them. Now they've been delivered God delivered them. Look what happens. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses. And they bore it of the Egyptians jewels, silver, jewels of gold and raiment. Verse 36. Watch this now. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. God provided for Israel by their enemies. Where there is vision, there will be provision. If you're in God's will, my friend, One way you know is that God is going to meet that need, whatever it is. Somehow that provision will come. It was God's will to get them out of Egypt into the promised land. And God made a way. We're just beginning. So we have the information stage, the word of God. That's the key. Joseph tells his brothers, tell my father I'm alive. The information. We have now the confirmation and as God's confirming his will he's providing providing to meet the needs number three not only is there information and confirmation we have also now which is very important the application you see friends you can know the will of God you can have a revelation you can have a confirmation you can have all the I's dot all the T's dot unless you get out of that boat and step out nothing will happen See, when I got that warning, I still had a choice to go and fulfill that calling, to go to that church. I could have been scared. I could have said, you know, I, you know, I got a lot of, you know, three kids, and they're not offering. I could, I, could have, I could have doubted many things and made all kinds of excuses. We're great at making excuses. We're really good at that when we see certain obstacles. You can be in God's will. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It's going to take an element of faith for you to step out. That's just how it is. 
You can have all the facts before you. You can have the confirmation. You can even have a prophetic confirmation. Whatever it might be. But you still have to apply it for yourself. You've got to be like Peter and get out of that boat. And say, okay, Lord. That's where fear comes in. And oh, but what if? And, but she's not going to. And he's not able. And what if this doesn't happen? And we go through the what if syndromes. That, but, and but syndromes. And you don't understand syndromes. And you know, but you know, the, well, not this syndrome and my, this, all kinds of, of buts and ifs. You've got to apply it. You've got to do it. That's where the rubber meets the road. Notice verse 21 of chapter 45. Verse 21. And the children of Israel did so. They did it. And Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh and gave them provision. They did it. I told you, friends, every word is important in the word of God. They did so. Well done is better than well said. Well done is better than... A lot of people, they say a lot of things. If I, if I tell you over the years of ministry, how many people say, yes, pastor, I'll be in church on Sunday. Oh, I can't wait. 20 Sundays later I see them uh, oh I'm going to be at the prayer meeting people say a lot of things their emotions usually dictate what they say what they do oh yes for sure I'm going to yes I'm going to buy I'm going to do I'm going to go I'm going to this I'm going to do oh for sure absolutely amen and oh, look, look, can we not go too far and the pastor preaches a message oh, amen Oh, that's a word, I tell you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna. to. Next day, the amen fell to the rocks and is in some grave somewhere. We say a lot of things. But do we do what we say? Faith without works is dead. Yeah, I'm going to going to give more and I'm going to do more and I'm going and then the minute a little trial comes everything you said goes out the window because you're basing everything on emotions and physical circumstances and when it comes to the things of God if you're going to base what you do by circumstances you won't get out of the boat They did so. Abraham had to step out and he didn't even know where he was going when God called him. The Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 16 knew that God had called him. He didn't have the specific understanding of it. He just knew that he had to preach. And, that he said, and, he, and if you read it for yourselves, not right now, when you get home. Acts 16, he, he knew God called him. Where's, where am I going to go? Ah, okay, Lord, show me. So he ends up going to Bethania. Felt this wasn't the place. But at least he was doing something. He ended up going to Messiah. No, this can't be the place you want me to be, Lord. And God, eventually, as he was stepping out of the boat, gave him a vision to go to Macedonia. Listen, God can't kick a dead horse. He can't, he can't, he, even God can't cause a dead horse to rise up well he can but you know what I'm saying 
You got to be on the move. Can't expect God to use you if you parked your car and you threw the key away. It's not going to work. And most of the time, it will not make sense. If I can tell you the things that I've experienced in my life in doing God's will over this last, I don't know how many years, nine times out of ten, the things that God wanted me to do never made sense. It just didn't make sense. I don't have time to explain all that. But you've heard enough of my stories to know that's true. And guess what? It's also true for you. Don't ever assess God's will by whether it makes sense or not. That's a bad place to be in because you're using human logic. And with God, human logic doesn't sit right. God is beyond human logic. He doesn't use human logic to determine. That's why faith is important because your faith, if you believe and trust Him, will go beyond human logic. Your mind uses logic. Nothing wrong with your mind. But if you're going to assess God's will with your mind, you're going to get in trouble. That's why faith is so important. Because faith will give you eyes to see beyond the natural. So we have the information, the word of God. When you're determining God's will, study his word. What is God saying to me? Number two, as God is speaking to you, it's going to be confirmed. And it's being confirmed, you have the responsibility to obey because sometimes it won't make sense and it's going to take faith. Number four, and you can be sure, my friends, if you're in God's will, this is one, you might say, here's another way you know you're in God's will. You ready for this one? This one doesn't make sense, but I'll tell you, confrontation. When you're in God's will, you can be sure there's going to be some kind of conflict. And that's where a lot of people miss it. I can't be in God's will if I'm going through this. Oh, yes, you are. I can't be in God's will if these people hate me. Oh, maybe you are. I can't be in God's will if I'm going through all these obstacles. Oh, yeah, just tell the Apostle Paul when he was stoned and beaten. Does the Word of God say that? Absolutely. Notice verse 26. Watch this now. This is powerful. Are you ready for this? Verse 26. Do we have it? And, to, and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive. And he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. Excuse me? You don't believe? Now we understand it was hard for Jacob to believe. He thought his son was dead. I understand that. But the principle remains. Sometimes the person that does not believe, sometimes the greatest hindrance in you fulfilling the will of God for your life are believers. Oh God, don't let me go too far with this one. Because I might take a few weeks. Believers sometimes are the greatest obstacles. Jacob is the patriarch of Israel. His name is Israel. Sometimes the greatest obstacle is somebody in the church with a high office. Could be a pastor. Could be a board member. Could, could be a superintendent. This is Jacob. Jacob. 
Jacob didn't believe. Caused a lot of problems, opposition. Doesn't the Bible say, yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution? So why are you getting upset when you're going through persecution? Does not Peter say in 1 Peter chapter 4, think it not strange when the fiery darts come against you? Why, what do you think it's strange for? It's going to happen. We're fighting not against flesh and blood, against principalities. You think, you think if you're in God's will that the devil's going to be really happy with that and he's just going to let you have a nice time? You're under attack. You can be sure of that. Just look at the scriptures. Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 17. He wanted to build the walls. He wanted to do God's will. And what happened? Who was against him? Sambalad and Tobiah. They were out to kill him and destroy him. Nehemiah 2.17, Nehemiah 6. They, 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 they uh, plotted conspiracies against Nehemiah to kill him. To destroy him. This is God's man. What about Daniel? Daniel chapter 6, they threw him into a lion's den because he refused not to pray to God. Because of his commitment to God, they threw him into a lion's den. What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel 3? They refused to worship a man, a false god, and because of their faith in God, they were thrown into a fiery furnace. It's over and over and over again in Scripture. If you live godly, there will be some form of opposition and confrontation against you. And people, many times, believers, they go through it, and they start getting, oh, maybe I'm not in God's will, because I'm going through this trial. So they determine God's will by what they see again. Always determining God's will by what they see. Or what they feel. Blessed is the person who endures tribulation, James says in James 1.12. Blessed are you that endure those trials. That means you're going to get them. And when James spoke of that, he was talking about the persecution the church was going through. You're blessed! when you suffer for his namesake. Amazingly, this was Jacob. You see, friends, the one who may not believe God's plan can be the strongest. Someone of prominence. Was it not Peter that denied Christ? Was it not Peter that wanted to stop Jesus to go to the cross? Was it not John the Baptist who on one day said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That very same John the Baptist, he's in prison now. He's going through a trial. And what did he do? He begins to doubt who Jesus is. Is he really the Messiah? Again, his trial caused him to doubt. His persecution caused him to doubt. Friends, if you're in the will of God, that does not mean you're not going to suffer. If you're in the will of God, that does not mean you're not going to go through persecution. And the devil will come to you and he'll whisper. And he say, you see, if God's with you, why are you going through this? You must not be in God's will. I hear a few amens under your breath. Unbelief has ruined the vision more than anything else. Hinders God's purposes more than anything else. You remember what Jesus said? In Matthew 13, I believe it's Mark 6. I can quote it. I don't even have to look at scripture. And he can do no mighty thing 
and he can do no mighty read it for yourselves and he can do no mighty thing and he can do no mighty thing save save or accept he laid his hand upon a few sick folk and he healed them and he marveled at their unbelief even Jesus was hindered by their unbelief unbelief that stems from fear Hebrews 3.12 be careful that in you there is no evil unbelieving heart the writer of Hebrews which I believe is Paul calls unbelief a sign of an evil heart wow unbelieving heart you see my friends unbelief has short circuited God's power more than you and I might understand that's why the Israelites spent 40 years wandering in the desert because of unbelief. And so we have in knowing God's will the information step. Number two, we have the, the confirmation step. We have the application, I've got to do it. And as you are applying God's word, we have the confrontation. There will be some form of, of attack. There will be some opposition. We come now to step number five, the inspiration step. What does that mean? Watch this now. Remember, we're using the scriptures as my blueprint. Verse 26, we just read it. Can I go back to 26? Can we go back to 26 of, of Genesis 45? Watch this. And Joseph, and told them, this is J, uh, Joseph, saying, Joseph is yet alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. Okay? For he believed them not. Can we keep going? And they told him all the words of Joseph. And he had said unto them, and when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, watch this now, the spirit of Jacob revived. What? Something happened to Jacob. There was an inspiration that took place. He saw something. See, when you're in the will of God, you need to persevere because eventually it's going to come to light. Eventually, as you hold on to your convictions, something powerful is going to happen. We see the inspiration. What am I, what's going on? Originally, Jacob's heart stood still, fainted, the Bible says. This is what I believe, a, a momentary coronary arrest of sorts, I believe, of some kind. But notice, his heart revived. Now, what caused the unbelief of Jacob to turn to fruit? What caused them to have this epiphany, this inspiration? There's three things that Jacob sees and experiences that changes everything around. Stay with me, please. We're going deeper this morning. Verse 27. What happened to Jacob? What happened? What did Jacob see? What did he hear? What, what caused his unbelief to turn? What caused his doubt to turn? What did Jacob see that, that caused him to believe that, that this must be the will of God for Joseph and for his family? What happened? I'll tell you what happened. Verse 27. He was inspired by Joseph's words. Look at verse 27. And he told them all the words of Joseph, all the words of Joseph which he had said unto them, and he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to the carry, and the spirit, the words, his words. Joseph 
spoke things into Jacob's life that inspired him. You know, friends, your words have a lot of power. The Bible tells us in Proverbs that, 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 that your words, the power of, I think it was, Victoria, you, 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 you quoted this in your prayer the other day. When you hear, I think it was on, on, um, on, Friday, on Thursday. The power of life and death, the life and death is in the words that you speak. You can bring life and inspiration by how you speak or you can bring death and darkness by how you speak. Joseph's words inspired his father. Words are important. Words bring life. Jesus said, the words I speak to you, the words I speak have eternal life. The words I give you have life. The words I speak have life. What does Paul say, Romans 10, 17? Faith without works is dead. If faith, you speak words of faith, encouragement. Your words bring life or they bring death. And so he was inspired by his words. But my next W, he was also inspired by his works. Works, Jacob what led him to believe was he saw something. It's wonderful to get a word, but it's also equally wonderful to get evidence. The Bible says in John 8, hereby is my Father glorified by this fruit. Jesus, let your light so shine that they might see. People see something in you. They see something tangible. They see something in you that, that, that makes them Look at the situation from a different perspective. What did Jacob see? Notice he saw wagons and that moved him. It was a sign that God's will was confirming what Joseph was saying. Signs. He saw a wagon. He saw certain things taking place. He saw something visible taking place. Faith without works is dead. He saw something. He saw faith into action. He saw tangible. You see, faith is, is invisible, but it's the invisible that gives birth to the visible. The invisible that gives birth to the visible. Jacob now sees the wagons and all the stuff they're carrying out of Egypt. He sees all these intricate things, and Jacob was moved. He was beside himself. These signs shall follow them that believe. Signs. And then number three, my third W, notice there was worship. Worship is so imperative. Can we go to Genesis 46 verses 1 to 4? I want you to see something. Jacob begins to worship. He begins to perform sacrifices which is to the Lord, which is worship. That's how they would worship in the Old Testament. I want you to notice something very, this is a great insight I believe. Now watch this. This is incredible. And Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices as he worshipped unto God his father. Verse 2. And God spoke unto Israel in the visions. Did you see that? God spoke to Jacob as he was worshipping. God spoke to Jacob as he was performing these sacrifices. God gave him insight as he 
was worshiping. He was inspired. He had certain evidence. He had the words. But now God speaks to him directly. He has evidence. God spoke to him at the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here am I, Lord. And he said, I am the God of the, of the Father. Fear not. Go down to Egypt, for I will make of thee a great nation. I will go down with thee to Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph shall be, look, put his hand upon your eyes. This was a prophecy. And Jacob rose up from Beersheba. And the sons of Israel carried Jacob, their father, and their little ones, and their wives, and wagons, and wagons, which Pharaoh had sent to carry them. And they took their cattle and their goods. And they had gotten into the land of Canaan and came to Egypt. Jacob and his, all of his seed was with him. All of his seed with him. What's going on, friends? As Jacob is worshiping, as Jacob is seeking God, he's, he, sees, he sees something. And, and, and God begins to speak to him. He says, Jacob, what you're seeing is my will. All this is coming to pass. God speaks to his heart, telling him, you're on the right path, Jacob. Uh, Joseph's on the right path. He gives him a vision. He gives him insight. You see, friends, he was he worshiped. As he consecrated himself to God, God spoke to him. He didn't go to a prophet. He worshiped the Lord. How many times does God speak to you as you're worshiping? How many times does God speak to you as you're interceding? God will speak to you in a still small voice. It was prophetic. He gives him a word. He says, you're going to close the eyes of your father. And what that means in that culture is that you're going to be at your father's deathbed and you're going to close his eyes. He gives him that word. And that's exactly what happened. The point is, the point is, the point is, brothers and sisters, on the way to Egypt, Jacob offers sacrifice and in the midst of worship, God spoke to him. Please, watch this. You want a confirmation of this? 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 14 and 16. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 14 and 16. Look what the Bible says can happen many times as you worship God, God speaks. 2 Kings, can we find it please? 2 Kings chapter 3. Do we have it? Watch this. Now Jeroboam, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel in Samaria, 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned 12 years. And he wrought evil in the sight of the Lord, but not like his father and his mother, who put away the image of Baal his father had made. Nevertheless, he cleaved unto the sins of Jeroboam, Verse 4, And Misha, king of Moab, was a sheep master and rendered unto the king of Israel a hundred thousand lambs, hundred rams and wool. Verse 5, But it came to pass, when Rahab, or Ahab, was dead, the king of Moab rebelled against the king. We need to, brother, I said verse 15 and 16, please. Okay, I set you the context. Quickly, verse 15 and 16, please. But now, watch now. So now they come to the king, watch this now. They want direction. They want direction what to do, okay? They go to the prophet. And Elijah gives them a word. They want a word from the prophet. In the Old Testament, that's how it operated. They went to the prophet, and he would pray, and God would give a word. Now watch this now. They want a word from the prophet what to do. They want a word from the prophet what to do. Look what the prophet says. Bring me a musician. 
bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played, when worship took place, that the hand of the Lord came upon him. That the hand of the Lord came upon him and he gave them direction. And he said, thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. I don't have time to explain that, but here's my point. As they came to seek direction from God, the prophet said, before I give you a word, let's worship together. Before the word goes out, let's worship the Lord together. Let's give him praise. Let's pour out our hearts before him. And the Bible says, as they did that, the word of the Lord came to the prophet. Wow! That's what happened to Jacob. God gave him a vision. It's inspired. I remember I was in New Brunswick. I'm going to be closing in a few moments. And uh, I was, I just started off in evangelism. I was a little bit scared, you know, nervous. And they wanted me to preach um, like a seminar on evangelism. And I, for, I, I was just very nervous that day. I wasn't sure whether God was leading me 100%. I just wasn't sure. And we went to the pre-service prayer. And we didn't pray that day. We just we prayed a bit, but then we worshipped. For some reason, the pastor, they said, you know what, let's just worship the Lord. We need to worship Him before... And there I was worshiping and I was crying out to God, Lord, just show me. Am I here under your direction? Is this your will for me, Lord? And as I was worshiping and praising God, a pastor comes to me and speaks to me. He says, Dino, I want you to know something. As we were worshiping, the Spirit of God spoke to me. And I just want to tell you, he had no idea that where you are right now is where God wants you to be. And that if you obey his voice, God will do something in your ministry that you've never seen before. I said, what? I said, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was nervous before. I think I got more nervous now. You know. but, but he had this word as he was worshiping. And good enough, brothers and sisters, when it was time for me to preach, I'll never forget this as long as I live. I got up to preach this wax eloquent. I had this, I've been preparing for months. I got up to preach. And the minute I got up, I heard a voice in my spirit. Don't say a word. What? Don't say a word. But I just prepared six months. I was the, don't say a word. What are the people going to think of me? Don't say a word but Lord they've come from all over to hear don't say a word just lift up your hands and worship me but, but look, they, they, you know I'm, I'm supposed to preach Lord grace are we supposed to preach or what are we supposed to do and so I said Lord then I remembered I'll mention his name Silas Matchett doesn't matter I'll say it because he's a great man of God Silas Matchett told me this. And I said, okay. And I remembered his words. And I lifted up my hands. And I began to worship the Lord. And I thought, I said, oh, 
Do you know you? Uh, but by faith, I stepped out of that boat. I lifted up my hands, began to worship. I closed my eyes, partly because I was worshiping God, partly because of fear. <laughs> I'll be honest. I mean, I'm just telling you the truth. And all of a sudden, as I'm, I'm hearing rustling, and I'm hearing like a commotion. It was a fairly large church. It was one of the biggest churches in, in St. John, New Brunswick. In fact, I think it was the biggest. It was, it was at least 400 people there. And I, I opened my eyes. I, I almost collapsed. Half the church was at the altar crying out to God. I didn't even start preaching yet. And we had one of the greatest services I've ever experienced that day. got to close there's one final step it's called the realization step Jacob has a word from God it's been confirmed things are happening we have the confirmation application confrontation inspiration and finally we have the realization the realization God's will will be accomplished verse 5 and 28 the Bible tells us they ended up in Goshen outside just before the promised land 70 people read verse 5 and verse 28 verse 5 and 28 tells us that they're in Goshen where they were supposed to be as Joseph led them there Goshen was a strategic place now therefore be not grieved nor angry yourselves that you sold me hither for God had sent me before you to preserve life. Notice now, please, verse 28. Verse 28, Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, I will go and see him before I die. And he ends up seeing him in a place called Goshen. They all end up in Goshen. That's the place that Joseph wanted to bring them. His will was established. It was realized. All of Jacob's family, verses 6 and 7, all of Jacob's family, all, all of them, ended up there. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't happenstance. It wasn't circumstance. God directed them. God led them step by step. He prepared them. This was his will. And there was a process. And I've said to you the last two, two Sundays, it was a process. And that's where most of us miss up and mess up God's will because of the process. We don't like process. And because it might take a little bit longer than you expect, you miss it. It took hundreds of years. But God's will came to pass. The realization of it came to pass as they believed and they stepped out and they trusted. They waited on God and it was realized. That's the final stage. Fait accompli. But you see friends, it's the process that's important for us to understand and that's the place that most of us miss it. So I will end as I began. Because process takes time and our flesh doesn't like to wait we miss it the problem today is that we don't preach process we preach promise we don't preach process we preach the product we don't preach process so we have a generation of people who see God in the promise not in the process and so you go to church on Sunday and you hear about the promises of God 
and you get all excited and you shout amen, but you go back home into the trenches where it's tough. You go back to the promise, yes, but you go back to the process. Those trials. And you're saying, wait a minute, I heard on Sunday the, pro- the promises are, yeah, I love it, but ah, I'm in process here. I don't see it. I'm still suffering. I'm st- and we get discouraged. And we give up. Because we want the promises, but, but I'm still in process and there seems to be an inconsistency so we, we fade away. We don't like it. I'm in the process. And you say God is not in this. And I would argue my brothers and my sisters that God is more in the process than he is in the promise. Did you hear what I said? He that's begun a good work in you shall complete till the day of Jesus Christ, till the coming. That's process. And we miss it because we want his promise. We'll get it. But you don't have his promise without the process. So you can shout hallelujah and you're all right in doing that. But if you don't shout hallelujah without shouting hallelujah for the process, you might miss it. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. All the steps. All of them. God had finally brought them to Goshen. All of them. The nation of Israel was born through the 70 people. This was God's will from the beginning. When God gave this prophecy to Abraham, it was God's will that Israel would become a nation and Joseph was the key to all of this. If Joseph didn't reconcile with his brothers, Israel would have never been born. The nation would have never come to pass. This was the will of God and it took years for it to be established. Listen, my friends, what we learn, God knows the best place. He has the best plan. And he has the right person. So I speak to every modern day Joseph and Josephine. And Josephine too. Stay put. Don't give up. You're grappling. Go through the information. Study this first. Dissect it. What is God saying to me? And God will speak to you as He did, as I shared with that illustration. It will be confirmed. It's going to be confirmed. And while God's confirming, it will provide for you. As He's confirming, there'll be some form of confrontation. The devil will tell you, give up, but keep persevering. Because in that, in that confrontation there'll be confirmation God will show you things God will speak to you God will guide you but then there needs to be the application you've got to step out you can't you can't just go on something you need to step out in what you believe and it may not take one day it might take a few days it might take a few years but don't stop God will keep confirming it each step until it's realized 
as it was right here. Got to close. For the 10th time. When I was in Bible college, there were the married groups and the singles who lived in the dorms. The marrieds had their own places, they had apartments, or the marrieds would live outside of the campus. Those that were single lived in the campus. I was single, I was in the campus. And I met a man by the name of Ron who was married. A wonderful man of God. And uh, we had a good relationship. He loved the Lord. And I would talk to him often. Encourage me, I would encourage him. And he told me one day, he said, Dino, I don't know if I'm going to continue in Bible college. I go, what do you mean? What's wrong? He says, well, you know, I've got, I've got a daughter. And uh, it costs a lot of money to go to Bible college. And I can't, uh, I can't afford to, to, to pay my tuition. I've got to work. I've got to support my family. It's easy. Before you're a preacher, you're a father, you know. So he was going to quit Bible college to go find a job to provide for his family. But he wasn't sure what to do. He was in the valley of indecision. What is God's will for me? He told me I would grapple with God's will, Dino. I'm grappling and I need to know what I'm supposed to do. He began to seek the Lord. If you search with me with all your heart, you will find me. Call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. Therefore knowing the will of God. My sheep hear my voice. And I will reveal my secrets unto my servants. And all these scriptures. Began to cry out to God and God spoke to him. As he was seeking his face. Call upon me and I will answer thee. And I will show you great things. Thou knowest. Says Ron, you have a baby? He had to quit because he had to get special formula. His wife couldn't breastfeed. And this special formula cost a lot of money. A lot of money. I know that because my daughter Amanda has the same problem. And she has a special formula that costs a lot of money. I know that. Believe me. He couldn't afford it. That's why he wanted to quit Bible college. He says, Ron... Ron speaking, crying out to God, and God spoke to Ron and said, Ron, this is what God told him. I'm going to show you my ways. I'm going to vindicate, I'm going to show you that you are called. And what God told Ron is to take an empty milk bottle. Believe it or not, there were milk bottles back then. Take an empty milk bottle and just put it in the, in, in the fridge. You want me to take an empty milk bottle and put it in the fridge? Yeah, that's right. An empty milk bottle and put it in the fridge. But, and trust me and I'm going to show you great things which thou knowest not. He says, okay, Lord, I'm going to obey you. Most people would have missed it right there. Most people said, I've lost my mind. Something's weird. But he stepped out in faith. And he put an empty milk bottle in the fridge. It's a true story. My friend. I've talked to him. And he said, Dino, the next day I woke up next day I woke up and I went into the fridge and that empty milk bottle was filled with milk not not ordinary milk but milk that my baby daughter needed it was specialized milk 
from heaven's dairy department. Now watch this now. This confirmed that he wanted him to stay in Bible college and he stayed. And that bottle kept filling with milk every day. Oh, well, watch this. It was his last year. He was contemplating whether he should go four years. At the end of the third semester, third year, the milk stopped coming. The manna ceased. And God said, Ron, now's the time. And he stopped after three years. Ended up becoming a great pastor. My friends, you can know the will of God for your life. If you pray and you seek him with all your heart, I gave you the principles, you can be sure without a shadow of a doubt, God will speak to you and guide you. Because we serve an awesome God. Can we all stand up together please? Bible says that Jacob worshiped the Lord and God spoke to him in a vision. The Bible says as Jehoshaphat came for an answer from the prophet, the 
prophet told him said first bring the minstrels let us worship and as they worshiped God gave the prophet the word I don't know who I'm speaking to here this morning but there's a modern-day Joseph out there and there's a modern-day Josephine out there who's grappling with the will of God I'm gonna invite you to come forward this is only for those that are grappling with the will of God for you're not sure the direction you're not sure and I gave you a blueprint today and Jacob was assured when he did something when he began to sacrifice to the Lord and worship God gave him revelation I want to speak to the Joseph's if you're dealing with something and you're not sure I'm inviting you to come forward I want to speak to Josephine if you are dealing with something and you're not sure I want to invite you to come to the altar. No one's going to lay hands on you today. No one's going to give you a word. God is going to speak to you. God is going to speak to you. As God spoke to Jacob. And as God spoke to the prophet. And we're going to spend time in his presence. Just come forward. Anybody who's dealing with knowing God, just want you to come forward. We're going to pray and we're going to seek the Lord. If you search for me with all your heart, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart. You see, worship is devotion. And as you are devoted to Him, you pour out your spirit. That's what David did. He poured out his soul. And as you pour out your soul and worship, Spirit of God will speak to your heart. We see this over and over again. God's Spirit will speak. His Spirit will illuminate. He will guide. He will instruct. He will reveal. My sheep hear my voice. I will reveal my secrets to my servants. He will do it. Amen? Amen?